Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. Hugo, how are we doing today? Very well, thanks, Gons. Very well. And wow, what a weekend of paddle, wasn't it? Correct. I feel like we always say this, but it's especially true this time. Exactly. I mean, I've got to say, it might actually be the best weekend of paddle I remember in terms of, well, the matches, um, obviously the changes in rankings, which we'll discuss very shortly, and just generally just so exciting. The games have been unbelievable and just great, great for the viewers and great for the sport, to be honest. I think it's going to, if people manage to, people who haven't really watched much paddle, managed to even watch a few of the games that happened this weekend, I'm sure they'll want to start playing and following it. <laughs> Indeed, I feel like we're at the point in the season where the players are peaking in terms of their performance. Each tournament is getting better and better. I felt like uh, Brussels before was incredible as well. And now this one is just completely eclipsed um, uh, Brussels. So, I mean, to get straight into it, uh, what did you make of it? What was your... Uh, what did you make of, I guess, the, the main topic will be Tapian Coelho becoming world number ones? Yeah, unbelievable. As I mentioned during our last pod, I'm very happy. I love both Tapian Coelho. I think they completely deserve being the number ones in the world. If I'm not mistaken, they've now won six consecutive World Paddle Tour, world paddle tour tournaments. So seven, actually. Seven. Yeah, well, there you go. My mistake, seven. And, well, that's the first time in the World Paddle Tour era. And, I mean, that just reflects why they are now the number one seeded pair. I think it's unbelievable. It's great for Paddle. Cuello being 21, uh, Tapia being 23. It's the youngest ever pair that have made the number one position in the rankings. And, well, to get into the tournament and the play, the final was one of those epic finals that I'm sure people will remember for a long time. The fact that Cuellar and Dabia had four match points to close it throughout the match and served to win the match twice, if I'm not mistaken, and still didn't manage to do it, had to go to the tiebreak in the third set, and they were 4-2 down in the tiebreak. So, well, I mean, unbelievable. Just, just what a final. But I've got to be honest, that wasn't the only match that was... Well, one of the best matches that I remember, funnily enough, the game between Momo and Sanyo and Paquito and Chingoto in the quarterfinals was, according to Paquito Navarro, and he's been a while, uh, around for a while, one of the best that he's ever played. And to say that when you lost the match, I mean, he must really think that. What did what did you think, Gons? How did, what were your thoughts? Correct. Yeah, to start with uh, Tapian Coelho and to add uh, another stat... Uh, on top of the ones that you've mentioned, which I also think is pretty insane. They are currently now on the third longest winning streak in World Paddle Tour history. They've got three or four, well, three matches to tie the historic pair of Belasterin and Juan Martin Diaz. If they, on the fourth game, if they manage to win four more games, they will beat their streak with, with I think it's 34 um, matches. Wow. Which is insane. They still will fall short of um, Belasteguin and Pablo Lima, which are, you know, they are pretty far ahead. 
But it's still absolutely insane that in this era when the competition is so high, the players are probably the best they've ever been. And, you know, coming as a young... Like, I think people don't realise as well, or we've definitely, like, forgotten about it, that they literally started playing together five months ago. Which, <laughs> That's so true. Which is absolutely insane. Um, so to become the youngest pair in the world, well, in the history of World Paddle Tour to become world number ones in the fashion that they did it in, as you mentioned, going through all the tough moments. They were also at a point on the third set, Leuran and Galan were serving for, for, for the tournament. So right. to do it in the way they've done it, the streak continues. I mean, absolutely amazing. Incredible paddle as well. They were both, they, they are tactically so good as well. They're not just, there might be a misconception and, and certainly I feel like at the beginning when they started, there was, there was this misconception around of, Oh, there will just be great in, you know, tournaments where the, the, the surface is very quick and they'll be able to outsmash everyone. Maybe like they, people thought that defensively they wouldn't be so great, but I think, you know, these months have sort of demonstrated that that's just completely fake and they are, all-round incredible players. They can win in any surface and they're the deserved world number ones. For sure, for sure. I completely agree with everything you said. And just to kind of emphasise that point about how good they are on any type of court, fast courts, slow courts. They've won every tournament this year, seven out of seven at the World Paddle Tour. I know they, they didn't win that tournament, that Premier Paddle tournament, the only one that's been played so far, where they lost against but they're just so good defensively. It's not just their attack. It's not just their smashes, their volleys, and that fast-paced new area of paddle that Lebron and Galan really kind of invented. Maybe Paquito and Lebron a bit earlier. But it's also just defensively. Their kind of trademark way to play is they try and win the net as quickly as possible, and they push up and try to block, well, their players' smashes, bajadas, bandejas, to win the net. And it just pays off. They're both huge. They cover so much court. And then I've got to say, I think Dabia in particular is so good at the back of the court. He he pretty much, he can defend anything. He can defend fastballs. He's probably the best player in terms of leaving the court and winning the point in Salidas de Pista, as we, all, as we know, that's the way you say it in Spanish. And yeah, just incredibly impressive. And to be totally honest, well, we'll see what your thoughts are, but I'm not entirely sure whether anyone's going to really break their streak anytime soon. <laughs> I completely agree. I just, I just can't see a time where they actually are going to drop off and someone's going to beat them. It just seems like an impossible task at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I've got to agree, but I'm sure we'll delve a bit deeper into that topic and we don't want to reveal our cards too early, don't we? <laughs> Correct. But, um, we'll, we'll leave that for the next section. Exactly, exactly. But uh, one thing I did want to discuss as em and emphasize as well was how impressive Lebron and Galan were one day, Gons. What did you think about their performance? I thought it was unbelievable. Absolutely incredible, without barely any rhythm, because they basically haven't been able to, to catch a break uh, this year, to come into the, their first tournament back and not only make the final, but play it out and essentially have the opportunity to to win the final. I thought it was absolutely incredible. I think it just shows as well their resilience 
um, and that obviously no matter how long they 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 they're out of of the court, they'll they still have the game, and they're still arguably the most dangerous pair to towards Tapia and Coelho. I think now we're seeing a very clear top three in terms of Tapia Coelho, Lebron Galan, and Stupadineno. I think the ranking, as is reflected now with those top top three, also reflects like how the paddle is, you know, the level of the paddle, which sometimes really we see. Agree. Sometimes we see the rankings, obviously not necessarily ref- reflecting how the players are playing at the moment. But I think now we will we are starting to see that. So it will be very interesting to see how that top three race develops. There's obviously the the other you know other people outside of the or in the top 10 that are looking in and hopefully wanting to to grab that podium. But at the moment, I just don't see them getting into that top three. And we'll discuss now very quickly into, into the rest of the pairs that, that can essentially become that best of the rest. But uh, to, to quickly touch on, because you asked me previously, and, and I also wanted to give a massive shout out, um, the game between Momo Sanjo and Paquito Chingoto was absolutely amazing, as you mentioned. They were both, well, all the all the players were absolutely gassed by the end. Paquito could barely walk, which I think just shows like how intense the game was, how good it was, because it is actually very rare in paddle to see the players just physically exhausted by the end of the game and having cramps. They're all like top athletes, but it was... Uh, it, it was an incredible game, and I didn't think there will be a, there would have been a better game that tournament. But potentially yesterday's uh, <laughs> eclipsed that. But still, uh, it was also just great to see Paquito at an incredible level, like coming back to, back again to what we've been used to of him. Whilst also Momo and Sanjo, just such battlers out there, such warriors, like able to essentially grind it out. And uh, and so consistent, so reliable, which which I think will make them such a dangerous pair for for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. I think. Well, I recently read a an interview with Sanyo talking about how comfortable he feels playing with Momo. Again, you mentioned that Koyo and Tapia only teamed up at the beginning of the year. Sanyo and Momo teamed up. What was it? A few weeks ago. And they're already proving why they're the top, well, they're the fourth-seeded pair out there. I think, well, Sanyo confirmed it. He feels really comfortable on the court with Momo. He said that they see paddle the same way and that it's really easy for Sanyo to understand what Momo's going to do next. And I think you can see that. I think it is true that I think they will be a more dangerous pair on slower courts. I think they may struggle a bit to, well, particularly against the top three seeded players on fast courts because they don't have the same ability to, to smash the ball and to bring it back from their own court, if, if that makes sense. But I do think that on slow courts, they're going to be one of the most dangerous players out there. And again, I completely agree with you. It's so good to see Paquito happy, firing, getting that guitar out, as he says, because he's... Such a fun player to watch. It's great to see him when he's happy. And it's great for Paddle as well because he's, well, I think I've seen that he's the most popular player out there. He's got the most followers on Instagram, for example. So it's just great to see that, as you said, 
a few minutes ago. I think players are really hitting their peak at the moment. I think they've, what is it, four or five months into the season? Well, actually, it'll be a bit less, three, given that they started end of February. And I think it's the point where they're hitting their peak and they're not yet feeling the accumulation of games and tournaments. So I completely agree with you. I think in terms of level, this may be the peak of the whole season. We'll see in a few months' time whether we're right. But I agree. It's just a great time to be following the World Battle Tour, really. Correct. And we've got a great race on our hands. I think one thing that I wanted to discuss with you in this episode is how are you, or let me rephrase, we definitely see a top three, and I think you also agree with that. But yep. below that top three that we've discussed, who do you think will come out on top? Who do you think will be the best of the rest? And I know that we've discussed this very briefly when the new pairs formed a couple of episodes ago, but how now that you know there's a couple of tournaments under their belts, how do you see this race developing? It's a great question, Gons. And just to emphasize, well, the fact that I really do see the top three at a different level, Lebron Angalan and Goyan Tapia have approximately approximately about 32,000 points each. And the next pair, which is, as we know, Stupa and Dineno are on 19,000. So you can see how far away they are from the top two pairs. But I also agree with the fact that I think Estupa and Dineno are playing in their own league. They've been so consistent. And I think that's the key. I think there are other pairs that if they're playing at their peak, could, well, they can obviously beat but they could even compete for the third spot. But I just think the key to Stupandineno is the consistency there. Such consistent players. They know each other very well, obviously, because they played together when they were young. And that's one of the reasons why they're known as the Super Bires. They've been going, well, they've known each other for a very long time and they have such a good relationship, just not on, on court, but also off court. But going back to the point in terms of which pair do I think will finish in the top four? As we know, Momo and Sanyo are currently seeded fourth. And to be fair, I think they're demonstrating it. However, well, Paquito and Chingoto took them to the tiebreak in the third set, as we just discussed, and it was such a close game. I have to say that if Paquito gets a little bit more consistent and gets any closer to the level that he was playing probably about a year ago, I think it will be uh, Chingoto and Paquito who grabbed that fourth spot by the end of the year. I know we've also discussed Dejo and Ruiz, and they were very good when in their first tournament. I think in the last couple of tournaments, I haven't seen what I was expecting from them. I thought, for example, when they played Goya and Tapia in the Biro Open, well, this week, they lost in two straight sets, and the game just felt quite comfortable for Goyante. I know that they are the best pair at the moment, and they're, they've been unbeaten for so many games, but I did expect a bit more of a battle against um, well, Ruiz and Deyo, sorry. And out of the other pairs, to be totally honest, I don't really see any of them challenging this top six that we've almost discussed at the moment. I don't know what your thoughts are, Gons. Do you agree? Do you see Bella and uh, Yanguas potentially coming in? 
it's a good shout. I've got to say, I was really, really impressed by Belan Yanwas's performance this weekend. They were outstanding against Stupan Dineno. They took them to the third set. And, well, I was particularly impressed by Yanwas, to be totally honest. I thought he was unbelievable with a smash, playing on the right-hand side of the court, as we all know. Players don't smash the ball as much. And there were various moments during the game where he put the weight of the pair on his shoulders and won golden points with a smash. So I do think they can challenge. I do think they can potentially fight to be that fourth-seeded pair. But I I have a feeling they're too far away to, to break into the top three. What do you think, Gons? Yeah, so I think, as you sort of mentioned uh, at the beginning, when speaking about Momo and Sanjo, I think that we are currently at the phase where there's been a couple of slower courts, which I think is a trend that will start to reverse as we come into the summer and tournaments are, are going to be outdoor which I think we've discussed in the beginning episodes when, when we've talked about how the different surfaces work. Normally in the summer when the ball is very humid and if you play outdoor, it's quite common for the ball to be able to bounce very high, which obviously then benefits those that are very good in the air, such as, for example, Dejo and Alex Reef. So I do think that we are we might be potentially overestimating Momoan Sanyo right now and at the same time underestimating Alex and Teo, which in but as you have mentioned you know this week wasn't a great week for them and I also did expect more of a fight despite it being against Kuayan Tapia but that leaves then for example Paquito and Chingoto which as you mentioned I believe that if Paquito gets a tiny bit more consistent I think he's returning to his essentially peak form just maybe needs that bit more of composure which you know he's he's obviously shown that he's capable of, of doing I do think that they will be the ones that grab that fourth spot also because Akito very capable in the air and, and playing at like a high pace high level and honestly I've been impressed so impressed with Chingoto this this year I honestly think that he is very much like he's ready to take that leap. And if he had like a I top, agree. top three or, or like, you know, a, a top th- one of one of the top three on the, on the left side of the court with Tingoto, I honestly think they could very much contend and uh, for, for that top three spot. So it's just a matter of can Paquito reach that level that we've definitely seen him play at before. And I think he's getting very close. I think he's super motivated, which is, always a great sign to, to see. So I think by the end of the year, they'll be the ones that will come through. But I also do want to say a very, very interesting point, which is actually a point that you raised um, as well a couple of episodes when ago when we started to discuss this, these new pairs. And it's the fact that Momo and Sanyo are ranked fourth and they essentially won't face you know, any of the top three until the semifinals, which is an unbelievable advantage. Because I think as we've seen in this last week, Ruiz and Tello, they didn't face, well, they faced Coyotapia in, in the quarterfinals. 
So that already is is a massive drawback, right? You have to face one of the top three in quarters. That that is not that is that will not be an easy path to essentially getting getting easy points or, or climbing up the the rankings. So I think the only I think that that advantage can be somewhat determining, but I do think that at the end of the day, Tingoto is an incredible level. I believe Paquito can can be that bit more consistent and just giving the fact that we're going to go through the summer season where I believe there will be, you know, faster surfaces, I think that's going to, you know, essentially bring Momo Sanya down a bit and Paquito and, and Chingoto will, will be up there. Now, to also touch upon Bella and, and Yanguas, I agree with you. I don't see them ready yet completely. I just think that, Unfortunately, Bella is just a step behind the you know the top top players currently. I think last year he obviously benefited from from being with with Arturo Coelho, which you know helped helped him massively. Obviously, he's still an an incredible player and very well like will finish within the top ten pairs for sure. But that physical edge, I just don't think he has he has it anymore compared to to the younger players and. Despite Yanguas, which I think will will progress a lot, and he's definitely progressed a lot over the last last year, and I'm sure he will learn so much under Bella. I just don't. I also I just don't see them breaking those those other players, and potentially as well. I think he's he still needs to develop a bit. He's very fiery, very emotional, and a tad bit inconsistent sometimes. Just get can get you know easily carried away. But it's definitely yep. going to be a very interesting battle for sure. For sure. I mean, just to bring it back to a couple of the points that you just raised, the point about Alex Reith and Theo potentially underperforming at the moment because they're not playing on very fast courts is a very good point. They're both, as we know, very good in the attacking phase of play. They're very good at smashing, very good at volleying. And it may be very true that they will start performing and getting better results in the next few months when the courts are faster and more tournaments are played outdoors. However, I also wanted to raise another point, and it's the fact that I think Sanyo and Momo's attacking play is surprisingly better and a bit underrated. Sanyo, when he played with Dabia, brought, well, his smash was, and throughout his whole career, but just so maybe viewers haven't watched him that far back. But when he played with Dabia, he won a lot of points with his smash. And that's from the forehand side of his of the court. He puts a lot of topspin onto the ball and makes the ball bounce high up. And I also think Momo has a surprisingly powerful smash. It probably doesn't have the same kick as, for example, Dabia's for sure or Lebron's. But he hits the ball very hard. And I don't know whether you remember, but in the Masters final, I believe it was two years ago when he teamed up with Pablo Lima, he played some unbelievable games and he won so many points with his smash. So I do think that they may, well, the attacking abilities and the smashing abilities of Sanyor and Momo as a pair may be slightly underrated. I do think there is a big advantage with them being seeded fourth. But overall, funnily enough, I think we very much agree on most of our opinions, right? And just to touch upon, what, touch on the point about Bella, 
he's going to be 44 next week. <laughs> and it's unbelievably impressive that he's still fighting and in the top 10 consistently. And that, well, he's just fighting with these 20-year-old and 25-year-old animals that have turned paddle into a completely different sport that is so much faster to what it used to be. But I do have to agree. I do think that he's slightly biased it. I, If I had to bet, he actually mentioned in a recent interview that he sees himself playing this year and potentially next year. And if I had to bet, I really don't think he'll win another tournament because, well, mainly because Koya and Tapian, Galan and Lebron are playing so well that they almost reap about 60. I think they'll reap about 60% of the tournaments. And Stupan Nineno will be there chasing for the other ones, as well as Dejan Ruiz, Sanyo Momo, and, well, Paquito and Chingoto for sure. So what do you think, Gons? Do you think he'll win another tournament before he retires? Unless there are other significant pair changes, I sort of agree with you. I just think that, as you mentioned, the game has evolved so much and you've got players now that are essentially you know, hitting their peak physically um, that it will be very hard for, for Bela and Yanguas as presently constructed to, to win another tournament unless there are significant injuries in or withdrawals and and you know they've they've got like a easier draw than potentially yes but obviously this doesn't take away the fact that Bella is you know the goat of paddle and what you just mentioned that next week he's going to be 44 I had no clue and it's just absolutely amazing that he's even in that like top 10 discussion so I think that yeah, potentially won't win another tournament, but he will retire as the GOAT, no doubt. That's I've got to agree. I really don't see any other player winning more tournaments than he has or being more dominant than he has. And the fact that he's 44, just it shows in other sports, players only really play until they're 30-something, maybe late 30s. And he's in the top 10 players in the world, being a 44. I think that just shows he's just got a gift. And I think another point that shows that he's got a gift is he played with Coelho last season and he played with Dapia a few seasons ago. And they're suddenly the number one pair in the world. I really don't think that that's a coincidence. I really think that he must have taught them so much and even though his style of play is completely different to Koya and Tapia's, and it's so much more about positioning the ball because he doesn't have the power that Koya and Tapia do, and he's much more tactical and depends much more on constructing the point. But he must have taught them so much about mentally. I think he's probably taught Tapia a lot about mental resilience, and we just touched on the fact that Koya and Tapia's mental resilience this season has been unbelievable. So... Yeah, I've got to be honest. I really don't see him see him winning another tournament before he retires. But it it will be so sad, and I really don't want to see him go because he's still playing at such a good level. Correct. It almost like very few athletes come to mind, you know, in their respective sports that are just playing at such a high level at, you know, their like at an old age, such as 
Ronaldo, Messi, LeBron James, you know. So it's it's unbelievable and they're like a And they're all the goats, aren't they? They are exactly. all considered the goats. So Exactly, exactly. So it just speaks to to the level that, you know, he's still able to produce. So it will definitely be, as you mentioned, extremely sad to 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 see him leave. Um, but will also be interesting because as you mentioned, I also feel like he has a you know, high potential of becoming a coach or setting up an academy, which will be very, very interesting to see. Because as you said, you know, teaching Papia, teaching Coelho. So it'll also be very interesting to see what he does afterwards. And I'm sure he'll Agreed. still be, be you know, re- remaining in, in paddle and invested in it. Agreed. I mean, imagine if he starts coaching Coelho and Tapia and takes them on to a 15-year winning streak or something like that. <laughs> I mean, and I don't then, think that's ever going and, to happen. But and then he'll he'll cut it short so that it doesn't you know it doesn't surpass <laughs> his one. Exactly, exactly. Nice. Well, it could be time for the paddleboard race. Correct, and it is not a very good week for me this one. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, to I guess go over what happened in Vigo. And count up the scores as we normally do at this point of the episode. So we we entered Vigo, Hugo leading the race with six points, and myself Gons with five points, slightly behind. But we're leaving Vigo with Hugo on fourteen points, and myself on nine points, and that's because Hugo has had an incredible week where he's he's gotten eight out of nine possible points. Do you wanna do you wanna try and guess which point did you miss? Well, if I'm not mistaken, it must have been oh it's a good question. Was it the score of the Sanyo Momo versus Lebron Galan game? Correct. That was the go. only that was the only point that you missed. You got all the other scores right. You got all the other people involved right, and you obviously got the winner of the of the tournament. Uh, so yeah, now you've got like a very comfortable lead. And just to give context uh, to to some of the listeners, the way this works is that essentially we try to guess from the semifinals onwards. You get each point for each pair that you guess correctly, and then you also get a point for guessing the score. So, uh, so yeah, very comfortable, le- very comfortable lead. The problem that I've, I feel like I've, I've done is that I, I went sometimes a bit risky and rogue, and that's giving you a lead. So now I'm supposed to be even more risky because I can't just <laughs> go to, to the basic to essentially get back. But, uh, but anyways, I've still, still got faith. Still, still. It's um, a long season, Gons. Long season, and I'm exactly. sure I will be taking some risks because I think in life, if you don't take risks, you're not going to consistently be right, or if, if that makes any sense at all. So, yeah, long season ahead. It's a good start for me, but you know a lot about paddle. So, <laughs> I know I'll have you right up on my heels. All right. So, this is the week we make up some of those, those lost points. So, but I'll start with you, Hugo. What do you think for Copenhagen? Right, straight into it. I think the semi-finals of 
the Copenhagen tournament will be Gabian Goyo against, if I'm not mistaken, Ching yes, it's Chingoto and Navarro that are there on their side of the draw, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And then the other semi-final will be Tupandineno against Galana Lebron. So not too many surprises. I think Goya and Tapia will be ch beat Chingoto and Dineno comfortably, comfortably, sorry, two sets to love. And a bit of a surprise here, I think Tupandineno will beat Lebron and Galan two sets to one and make the final. So the final will be Tupandineno against Goya and Tapia. And in my eyes, it'll be another very tight final, but Goyon Tapia will make it eight straight World Paddle tournament wins and win the tournament and the final two sets to one. All there right. are my shouts. What are, what are your shouts, Gons? So I'm going to go with exact same semifinals. It will be interesting to see again Navarro and uh, Tingoto if they meet up with Momo and Sanyo in that matchup. Agreed. But Such a good matchup. This time I'm going to give it to Paquito and, and Chingoto. They meet Tapian Coelho, but I think Tapian Coelho will prevail two sets to love as well. And in the other semi final, just going back to the classics, I guess, Leuron and Galan against Dineno and Stupa. <laughs> I'm going to go with Leuron and Galan in three sets. Okay. And then in the final, Tapia Coelho against Lebron Angalan, and I'm gonna go Tapia Coelho in two sets. Okay, so it'd be a solid win against Lebron Angalan. Wow! Just so viewers get a bit of context, and I don't know whether everyone will know, but if Lebron Angalan get a better result in the next tournament than Tapia Coelho, I'm pretty sure they'd take that number one spot back, wouldn't they? So it's very, very tight. And yeah, I mean, we've gone for Goya and Tapia winning it, both of us. But I could very easily see Lebron and Milan winning it as well, given that they've been playing so well. And just one point I did want to mention is Goya and Tapia, if they were to win their games, and Bella and Yang Was were as well, they would meet quite early. I believe it would be in the quarterfinals. I think that game will be very tight. I just have a feeling that Yang Wasan Bella could cause a lot of trouble against Goyon Tapia. Even to be honest, their first round is against Garrido and Sanz. And you just never know because first round game, they could just be super pumped. Maybe Goyon Tapia a bit hangover. So we'll see. But in any case, very exciting week ahead. And hopefully I make up for some points. And yeah, Hugo, it's been, been great to have you. Um, any concluding remarks? Fingers crossed you don't make up any points. And apart from that, not much else. Have a great week, guys. Keep watching Paddle. It's in a great moment. And thanks very much for having me, Gons. See you all in a few days. See you next week.